Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash thedebaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada, we're here to tower above the rest. From Calgary, Alberta, home of the Calgary Tower, it's The Debaters! (laughs) The Debaters, where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now here's a man who stands tall in the world of comedy, Steve Patterson! Hey! Hello, Canada! Welcome back to The Debaters! We are back in Calgary, or as I like to say, back up on that horse. (laughs) Speaking of saddles, your fair city will eventually be home to a new arena, making the Saddle Dome obsolete. Some of you are just learning this now. (laughs) But I am going to miss it, because then I can no longer sing as I love to. Dome, dome on the range. (laughs) Buy beer and watch the flames play. (laughs) Where talk of the cup is seldom brought up. (laughs) But the fans still show up anyway. (laughs) Yeah! Right? Thank you. It's time now to meet a couple of debaters who will bring it home. This comic won't apologize for her love of volcanoes because lava means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> it's Calgary's own Brittany Lysing! Come on up, Brittany! There she is! Striding out confidently and oh, taking wow. her spot behind the podium to my right. And this comic's claim to be a world champion bungee jumper is a bit of a stretch. It's Saskatchewan's Kelly Taylor! <laughs> Bring up King Kelly! There he is. He looks ready. (laughs) Your topic is one that we think you'll want to raise a glass to. Non-alcoholic drinks. (laughs) Should everyone try them? I'll let the debaters decide, but I do enjoy how some non-alcoholic drinks are just easier to make. (laughs) You want a non-alcoholic rum and coke? Coke. (laughs) Just coke. You want a non-alcoholic margarita? Mmm, lime juice and salt. (laughs) Plus, there are some clever non-alcoholic drink names out there, like Mocktail and Nojito. (laughs) Though I'm not sure if non-alcoholic vodka is called Notka, but it should be. This is a question that came to my mind after a few non-alcoholic drinks. Now, it's time for a debate that'll raise the bar. So, whereas they offer a healthier alternative, taste great, and are only increasing in popularity, be it resolved, everyone should try non-alcoholic drinks. 
Brittany, you are arguing for this, please. You have two minutes. Starting now, Brittany Lysing. I love beer. Boy, howdy, do I love beer cocktails. Yes, please. Unfortunately, every time I drink one of these delicious treats, I also forget how much I like living in a home and having a driver's license. <laughs> so I've been advised to take a little break, huh? But it bums me out to think this would be the last time I'd ever hear a cold beer open after a hard day's work or take a tug off a expired bottle of lemoncello <laughs> next to an empty pizza box while weeping to Carol King. But fear not, turns out they figured out how to get all that pesky booze out of the drinks we love so much. All these years, I thought beer and alcohol were like peas and carrots. Turns out they're like Justin and Sophie. <laughs> and just like Sophie, beer's better than it's ever been. It's zero calorie, you can drink it while driving. All the things I believe to be true in my 20s anyways. People will say it doesn't taste the same. Well, that's because there's an extra ingredient. Freedom. <laughs> freedom to drink as many as you want, consequence-free. Amber, porter, a blonde. All the people I would have ended up with at the end of the night if there was still booze in those drinks. <laughs> and it's not just beer, it's cocktails, it's wine. They're making everything. We're living in the future. You can still party. You can still be the life of the party. Drink 20, crush them all on your head. And when you tell a person that you hate them at the end of the night, wake up knowing the next morning that you truly meant it. <laughs> Brittany Lysing on behalf of Non-Alcoholic Drinks. Now, here to tell us why real alcoholic drinks are so near and dear to his heart, Let's hear from Kelly Taylor. Okay, non-alcoholic. Uh, non is the Latin term meaning not good. <laughs> Alcohol is an acquired taste. Non-alcoholic drinks are like kids of today. Everything given to them with no work. <laughs> work for your drink. No 17-year-old has powered through a Jägermeister saying, delicious, I love the taste of black licorice and Buckley's cough medicine. <laughs> Calgary, do you really think non-alcoholic drinks fueled the stampede? <laughs> do you know how much courage it takes to be from the city and dress like that? Have you ever offered someone a mocktail to help you move? <laughs> no, never. I did it once. That's why I still live in Saskatchewan. <laughs> did you guys know this? American-born hockey player Scott Gomez won the Stanley Cup at 19 years old not being of age when he brought the cup back to his hometown bar in Alaska. 
The bartender asked them, would you like a non-alcoholic drink in that cup? <laughs> His response was, it's never been done before, and that would be disrespecting all the players that have ever played in the NHL working so hard for this. <laughs> So, right now I ask you this, you guys. If you hate hockey, and you hate hockey tradition, and you hate the stampede, raise your hand for non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> Kelly Taylor, everybody. <laughs> Kelly Taylor, the man for the job. It is time now, debaters, for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether everyone should try non-alcoholic drinks. So don't keep your jokes bottled up as you mix it and mock your opponent. <laughs> You've barely scratched the surface here. <laughs> so you'll want to hear cheers from the audience instead of booze. <laughs> now. I'm ordering this round to start now. Buddy, I don't offer my friends anything to help me move. I call a moving company like an adult. <laughs> and then I hang out with them in a non-transactional way. <laughs> yeah, and I sure those big burly movers just love having a mocktail after moving your furniture too. You know what? I wouldn't have four kids if it wasn't for alcohol, Brittany, so there we go. Do you love those kids and having no money? Actually, that's, actually, that's why I enjoy drinking so much. Okay. All right, that's the bare knuckle round. All right. Calgary, it's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on non-alcoholic drinks brought to you by Canada's favorite line of barely alcoholic drinks, American beer. <laughs> NPR.org says a celebrity was the inspiration for the very first mocktail. What was it called? Kelly? That's the um, Tiger Woods. It's club soda getting served with divorce papers. <laughs> So close. Brittany Lysing. I've got the uh, reverse Keith Richards. <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Okay. The audience did not. <laughs> <laughs> the actual answer, anyone? Uh, Shirley Temple, thank you. Some of the crowd here knew it. In 2023, actress Kristen Bell made headlines when she said she does what with non-alcoholic beer? Brittany? Pours it on herself and yells, freedom! <laughs> I, like, I like that answer. So I said Kristen Bell and you heard Mel Gibson. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, could you repeat that question? Yes. Kristen Bell made headlines when she said she does what with non-alcoholic beer? Oh, Kelly? B buys it. It's disgusting. <laughs> that should make headlines. Who would buy it? Gross. <laughs> that the that, please be the answer. 
I'm gonna help you get on Jeopardy just so I can watch that episode. <laughs> Kristen Bell made headlines when she said she lets her children drink non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. And if you don't like that, she says the rest of you can just let it go. <laughs> That's the firing line, everybody. She was in uh, Frozen, and Let It Go was, was a popular song from Frozen. <laughs> it is almost time for our theater audience to pick a winner. But first, let's hear from our debater who seems to be getting drunk with the power of his own alcohol-affirming words, Kelly Taylor. Okay, let's talk mocktails. Mock, coming from the Latin term, meaning to make fun of. <laughs> Alcohol reduces the sugar intake, hence making it healthier. <laughs> the only thing you're getting from mocktails is diabetes. <laughs> you want to know what we call mocktails where I come from? Slurpees. Alcohol drinks can give us kid-free zones like bars. <laughs> Do mocktails give you a place to watch the game and laugh with your friends uninterrupted? Bars are like timeouts for people who like to have fun and watch sports. <laughs> the only thing actually worse than mocktails is being sober around your kids. I once went hiking, and I brought mocktails. I did. And then my friend got scraped, where I would usually have my canister of rye to pour on his scrape and clean him out. I had a mocktail. <laughs> and I poured it on his scrape. Todd's dead. <laughs> to diabetes and mocktails, Calgary. Hey. Kelly Taylor. Now, here to make a mockery of Kelly and mix things up in favor of non-alcoholic alternatives, let's hear again from Calgary's Brittany Lysing. Cocktail. Oh, what was that? Oh, jeez. Kelly's cracked one. He's drinking. I don't know what he's drinking, but he's liking it. Cocktail. <laughs> oh, God, they're paying me for this. <laughs> Cocktail schmocktail. Make me a mocktail. Alcohol is much like children, Kelly. You think you want it, and all it does is depress you and cost you money. All for the one hour a day it makes you feel loved. If you need alcohol to hang out with your friends, newsflash, your friends suck. If you need alcohol to make art, you're not an artist, you're a drunk. Elton John sobered up. He didn't get worse at the piano. That guy smashes a near beer and doesn't miss a note. If you need alcohol to like beer, you don't like beer. 
All these new options taste great, and they'll never ruin Christmas. <laughs> Non-alcoholic drinks are just a tiny reminder that you were always great. You didn't need the liquid courage. You had it all along. Brittany Lysing. Nice job, Brittany. Well, audience, it's up to you to pick a winner in this important topic. How many of you lapped up what Brittany had to say and designate her as the victor, Brittany Lysing? Good support for Brittany. And how many believed that Kelly's words in favor of actual alcohol held at least a 95% grain of truth? Kelly Taylor. <laughs> well, it's close, but I gotta give this one to Kelly Taylor. Let's keep the alcohol drinks flowing for a little while more. Kelly Taylor and Brittany Lysing, everybody. You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters. Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beale, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. And Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film, and on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts, people who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. I just have one question for you, Calgary. Are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? And so we shall. This comic thinks it's a total roll of the dice whenever you book a room on Air D&D. It's Calgary native Graham Clark. Graham Clark, our very own producer, doing double duty in the hometown, taking his rightful place behind the podium to my left. Hi, Steve. Hello, my friend. And this comic fell head over heels for her skydiving instructor. <laughs> it's Calgary owns Amy Edgar. <laughs> Big hand for Amy. Hi, Steve. Hi. Your topic is one that we think will paint a smile on your face. Clowns. <laughs> Should we all be afraid of them? The one thing about clowns that I disapprove of is when they all pile into one small car. As a father of two young girls, safety is key. There's no way every clown in that car gets a seatbelt. And I know that instead of airbags, it's nothing but balloons shaped like wiener dogs. So come on, you bunch of clowns. Get a bigger car. Like a, like a Lincoln clown car. <laughs> now, it's time for a debate that is sure to be a good mime. So... <laughs> it's gonna get so much oh, worse. God. 
So, whereas they have unsettling hair, ghoulish makeup, and creepy costumes, be it resolved that everyone should fear clowns. Graham, you're arguing for this, please, my friend. You have two minutes, starting now. Graham Clark. Thank you, Steve. There's a song that asks, everybody loves a clown, so why don't you? Three words, Stephen King's It. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you that clowns are scary. They're not scary, they are terrifying. A clown can be dangerous with his painted face and his funny hair. He could be president again. <laughs> the squirting flower, we have no way of knowing that that's water or not, right? <laughs> I imagine that clowns may have been funny once, but not anymore. We thought asbestos was the best and safest insulator. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> this is an absolute true story. I had a crush on a girl and then found out she was a clown in the Fringe Festival. I tried to see past that and I asked her out. She showed up, and I'm not joking, in her complete clown outfit. <laughs> she was spilling food the whole dinner just to make people giggle. It was horrible. <laughs> but at the end of the date, I thought, hey, why the hell not, I asked her. Could I kiss you? She said yes. And the silence of our kiss was shattered by this noise. <laughs> now I'm afraid of clowns and intimacy. <laughs> clowns are scary. Thank you. Graham Clark on why he is terrified by clowns. Now. Here to tell us why, there's a very good reason why they always send in the clowns. Let's hear from Amy Edgar. Without giving too much away, let me let you in on a bit of a secret. Clowns are just people in costumes. <laughs> How do I know for sure? Well, both of my parents are clowns. <laughs> and I'm their only child. <laughs> that makes me the world's only purebred clown. <laughs> I've got really big shoes to fill. One thing people say they find scary about clowns is their makeup. It kind of looks human, but it's not quite human, and that freaks them out. But what I'm hearing is that you're saying my mom should wear less makeup to work, and that's misogynistic. <laughs> if clowns are scary, then wouldn't being raised by them make me the bravest person ever? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the case. I'm afraid of gophers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, a serial killer has your job one time and no one will let it go. <laughs> and you know what's infinitely creepier than clowns? 
a regular person that rides a unicycle. <laughs> Why? What is that for? Is it for cardio? Get a bike. Is it for attention? And I think we all know it is. Get a therapist. <laughs> When it comes to clowns, don't let a couple bad candy apples spoil the bunch. Amy Edgar, everybody, on behalf of clowns, Graham against out of fear. And it's time now to move to the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether we should all fear clowns. So a word here to the Pennywise. Always juggle fact and funny as you sideshow Bob and weave your way through this. <laughs> so go ahead and stick it to your opponent because you can always make up later. Begin when I ring-ling this bell. Okay. I am so afraid of clowns that I was afraid of the class clown Brian. I actually got a class clown instead of a class five driver's license. Mm, yes. <laughs> How's that different? Um, well, with that one, you're legally obligated to have 47 clowns in your small car <laughs> while you drive it. <laughs> what was it like to be a teenager with a clown <laughs> parent? Well, one of the great things about having clown parents is that my dad actually taught me how to use eyeliner. Nice. Well, my dad taught me mascara, but eyeliner's a heart, you know? <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I think we have what we're looking for. Time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on the fear of clowns brought to you by Clowns for Climate Change. <laughs> Clowns for climate change. They are working hard to repair the bozone layer. <laughs> Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you do, Clowns for Climate Change. To help combat fear of clowns, what did the organizers of the 2010 Shozam Circus Festival in Blackpool, England, allow audience members to do? Graham? Assault them. Incorrect. <laughs> 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 Amy. Uh, to help combat fears, the organizers allowed the audience members to pet the lions so that they know real fear. <laughs> I do like that answer. Two points. They allowed the audience members to watch the performers get ready before the show, which to me would be scarier. Yeah. <laughs> A survey of common fears published in the Washington Post ranked clowns as scarier than ghosts, but not as scary as what? Amy? A regular person who rides a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> this is slowly turning into counseling. Uh, the Washington Post ranked clowns as scarier than ghosts, but not as scary as strangers. We would also have accepted Rudy Giuliani when his hair starts melting. 
Rule two of the Clowns of America International Code of Ethics says, I will apply my makeup in a professional manner. What is rule three? Oh, Graham? Make sure my fangs are straight. <laughs> We've been over this, Graham. Not all clowns have fangs. Amy? Um, rule three says, I will not remove my daughter from my will, no matter how much she makes fun of me on CBC radio. <laughs> I like that. Five points, that is legally binding, by the way. Actual rule tool of Clowns of America International Code says, I will neither drink alcohol nor smoke while in makeup or clown costume. If you're wondering, uh, rule four, uh, will not get too horny with the horn. <laughs> and that's the firing line, everybody. Yeah. Firing line. It is almost time for our beloved audience here to vote, but first, here to tell us why he has such an intense fear of clowns. Here's a man who's so funny, it's scary, Graham Clark. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I can't even eat at McDonald's. I can't do it. I can't enjoy the movie Patch Adams. My life is a living hell. When I was a kid, and my beard was much smaller, <laughs> I went to a company kid's Christmas party at Chuck E. Cheese, which, incidentally, is an excellent place for introducing your young ones to gambling. <laughs> there was a hired clown there, and his name was Buddy the Clown. And for whatever reason, I got scared and ran away. I've been scared ever since. My slogan is, anybody who's buddy with buddy ain't my buddy. Thank you. Graham Clark. He's being very open and honest about his fear of clowns and the origin story for it. Now, here to tell us why her love of clowns falls under such a big top pick ah. for her, please welcome Amy Edgar. Clowns aren't to be feared. They're just regular people wearing silly outfits and a bunch of makeup, bringing joy and happiness to children of all ages, making the world a better, sillier place, one whoopee cushion at a time. <laughs> and Graham, I'd really like to help you overcome your fear of clowns with some exposure therapy. So I've brought my parents along to the show. <laughs> Okay. So please welcome my mom and dad, Buddy the Clown and Button the Clown oh, This is the greatest. Here comes Amy's parents. They are in full clown regalia. Buddy and Button. Buddy has got the traditional orange clown hair. Button is indeed cute as a button. Oh. <laughs> A little music show, and here comes the mic. I'm really sorry that I acknowledge you feel afraid of clowns and that. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I'd honestly like to give you a hug to apologize, if that's okay. What do we... Oh, okay, this is, this is an important part of healing. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Okay, all right. This is a long time. Graham is getting a hug from Buddy and Button. Welcome yeah. to the club. And representing Graham with the red nose, 
He is 190th clown now. That's Amy Edgar and her clown parents, Buddy and Button. Oh, and she's keeping her parents on for the vote. <laughs> I like this. It is time to vote, audience, by applause. Who believes and agreed with funny man Graham Clark that clowns are not funny man Graham Clark? <laughs> Graham, with some nice support from the crowd. And who believed that Amy's love of clowns is right on the red nose, Amy Edgar? Well, the crowd has spoken. It's fun for the whole family. The winner in her first debate is Amy Edgar. Thank you for clowning around with us, Amy, and the Edgar family. Big hand for Amy and Graham Clark, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying to all the new professional clowns out there, remember to take some time to stop and smell the flower. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night. The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Josh Bailey, Graham Clark, Chloe Edbrook, Dean Jenkinson, and Nicole Callender. With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis, and Gary Jones. Technical production by James Perella and Corey Haberstock. Story editing by Gary Jones. With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys and David Pride. Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Bella Concert Hall in Calgary. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.